so what are your intentions with your business? Um, do you have like a five-year plan? Do you go way out like that? Or um, what are your, your plans for like the next couple of years? Now, I know it must be somewhat tempered a bit because of uh, your growing family, but where do you see yourself going with the business uh, from where it is now to where you hopefully want to get to in the future? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, there's, it's still kind of modifying and morphing to, to figure out what that looks like. I made a pretty big shift this year. Uh, the first two years of business, I was working primarily with solopreneurs. And now here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, 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 it's a beautiful day. Yes, a beautiful day indeed to go out west. That's where we're heading today. But before we get into that journey, I'd like you to just take your phone if you have it in the upper right-hand corner. You could hit one of those three buttons and you could forward this show to a dear friend who may really value the content in this episode. Well, we haven't had a coach on in a while, so I thought it was about time. So we're hanging out in Columbus, Ohio today, and we're going to uncover some real pearls of wisdom from this woman. And she teaches us it isn't about no like, and trust. It's about like, then we want to know, then we build trust, and that is when the magic happens. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today to Columbus, Ohio from the Music City to hang out with the follow-up boss. Yes, indeed, it is Bethany George. So, uh, so let's have some fun. What do you say? Sounds great. All righty. Here we are. Bethany. <laughs> Welcome, Bethany, to Podcasting Your Global Career. Thank you, James. I always appreciate it. <laughs> and today we're podcasting your global career. So, Bethany George. It's Bethany and George. Now, do you like to be called Bethany Ann or should it just be Bethany? Generally, just Bethany. Okay. Okay, cool. Because I've got that middle name thing working, too. We won't even go into that old crazy Irish Catholic story about the middle name and all that. But uh, great to have you here. And Bethany is a seasoned coach, has her own coaching business, uh, has her podcast. And also you are known as I'm the follow-up boss. The follow-up boss. I love that. At at the bottom of your signature, uh, I've been including that in some of the correspondence to show people. I think it's a really cool handle. So let's start with that, the follow-up boss. And this is a lesson for so many of us, especially me from coming from the music world. Do I know any pe- people who don't follow up? Nah, not the musicians now. They're, they're still sleeping at three in the afternoon, <laughs> a lot of them. So tell me, how did you get to be the follow-up boss? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, just like anything else, it's been a journey. I like to say that I've been an entrepreneur since I was yay high. And I know most of you viewers won't see me, so it's going to be shoulder height. I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. Um, and I've been selling things since I've been a kid. Um, you know, starting out with selling home-baked cookies or Girl Scout cookies or, you know, I have all kinds of things that I did. And as a kid, it's way easier 
but as I grew up into an adult and got into adult business, um, it was harder, you know, it wasn't as cute. I wasn't selling something quite as, uh, appetizing as cookies. Um, and what I really learned very early on is that one, I cared very much for the people that I was connecting with. Um, I wanted that to be a relationship that was mutually beneficial. It wasn't just about me pitching something to them for my own gain. Um, and I was also, um, you know, I was very reactive when that relationship would be hampered by sales techniques. Um, and also, you know, those relationships, the good ones, the ones I built and put intention into would lead me to better opportunities. So with that in mind, as you know, my journey brought me through direct selling through, um, you know, I, try, I attempted a personal business, a service-based businesses years ago, went into corporate sales. And eventually when I went out on my own into a coaching program, I, I asked myself, I says, what is it that I love to do? And I, I'm a self-proclaimed extrovert. I love meeting people. Absolutely. Could just network all day long. <laughs> I could <laughs> tell by our coffee. first by our first meeting. I could tell. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and 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 James probably you can attest to this too. I, I'm really good at asking lots of questions because I really want to know all about the person I'm meeting. Um, and what I really found was when I focused on the other person, when I um, looked at what their their goals, dreams, hopes, passions are, I could figure out ways to support them, and that creates a a, um, a social capital of sorts between us. That allows me then later on when I do need something because you know at times I need stuff too. I. I've already built a capital with that person and I can reach out. And James, you were just talking about this before we started recording. Yeah. Um, it allows me to reach out. Um, and so here's the thing. Here's how it all ties into follow-up. Uh, what I found is, is that truly the definition of follow-up, you know, everyone says the fortune's in the follow-up, right? Um, and what that actually means for me is follow-up is purposeful and intentional interactions over time. It's instead of thinking that every hello is an introduction to immediately jump into a business and, and, and focus just transactionally, which in business we oftentimes do. We get so caught up in what is the obvious transaction available to us. We forget that the other person sitting on the other side of the table, on the other side of the screen, is still a human being that wishes to be seen and heard for who they are and their desires. Um, and when we can do that, we build intentions and um, we build a relationship that goes well beyond what we want and need in this very moment. Yeah, that's um, yeah, you, you're right. It's uh, it's the law of reciprocity, but it's also like you're, you're pointing out the nuances of that are uh, really, really important. Like all the um, little tangible ways that you can connect with somebody in a way that is not intrusive and it's in, in a way that is not expecting reciprocity at that very moment and I'm I'm wired that way I don't you know when I refer somebody I'm of the mindset I don't want anything back from you and maybe you know maybe at some point I say oh this would be a good person to call and ask but it's not like I have something here and I'm holding it and with my other hand I'm holding something else and it's like it's got to be that instant exchange or or all, all bets are off. It's more like 
you really want to give from the heart and you really want to do it in the most honest and sincere way that makes that person feel like, oh man, they thought of me. You know, and that's really what it's all about. It's like, they were thinking of me. And, and don't spoil it by saying, hey, by the way, what do you got for me? You know, it's like, boom, get out of here, get out of here. So uh, I think when you, when you have that kind of wiring, which you and I clearly have that, um, this thing becomes almost a pleasure to, to work this system. Yes. You know, because it, it's, building, um, it's building a very valuable, um, just sort of a network of goodwill. And even if, if you don't have the thing that I want or that I, I have ready to offer, you'll know somebody who, who can connect me to that person who needs what I have. And I get so much satisfaction out of fulfilling that need for somebody, even if I have to do it through third party. It's just like, hey, it's like, you know, you got this coat. I get a quick story. I worked as a contractor in a previous light life and uh we were working for the new york jets their training camp and uh somebody they kept calling me come on over here we got something for you and it took a month i got over there he gave me a jets jacket one of those big big coats that the guys wear on the sidelines oh, wow. and i said what am i gonna do with this thing i'm never gonna wear this and i found some kid who had like a hardship and through third party i started asking around hey he's on this size this thing's probably a $300 jacket. I'm never going to wear it. And this kid was a Jets freak and he had a disability. Mm -hmm. So I made some kid's dream come true that I never even met by just finding a home for the coat. (laughs) So I feel like if we could do that for people, then that's, that's so much better, you know? So tell me, you came, you came, you came up with this title by using this system, Bethany. And when you first thought of it, um, did you feel like, hmm, do I deserve that title? Or what was your thought process when you came up with that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and, I, and I'm and i one of the first person that will say, there are moments when I suck at follow-up too. Um, <laughs> the reality is, is that, and this is one thing I try to tell people, you know, I will never judge you for not being good at follow-up. I just want you to be intentional. And yeah. um when I started this journey, when I really started figuring out what what was necessary to build relationships in business and to do it in a way that both felt genuine and felt good for the because so many people get into business because they care about what they're doing and who they're serving. Right. So that's a key piece of it. And it still has to be profitable because at the end of the day, we are doing business because we have bills to pay. You know, right. I have I have five kids. We just went. Yeah. We just went to the beach, and we spent a ridiculous amount of money just on food. <laughs> so, like, I understand. Um, so, I recognize this idea of of these purposeful, intentional um, interactions and, and the need for it. And there's elements to it that are needed, right? And I recognize early on that I needed something to help me keep track of it. So, tools are a big piece of it. Um, and there's a lot of really great companies and tools out there that help you do that. But the other piece of it is you have to understand why you're doing it. There has to be a purpose behind it. And there also has to be a how. And that's a piece that I, I, I see is missing so often in, in all these great tools out there and all these you know available methods. Um, a lot of times people forget what we're actually trying to do. They just think, I just need to send more messages. I just need to, um, you know, they, they break it down into like a base element 
and they forget the humanity that needs to stay involved in that piece. Yeah. Where was the um, the moment where you decided that you were going to be a coach? Like, was this a process that happened? Was it an epiphany? It just, boom, I'm, I'm, I want to coach. Or was it a process of, you know, some things kept happening that kind of channeled you into this area? How did it go for you? Yeah. So I think when I first started this business, I was really figuring out what was my area of expertise um, and figuring out the branding, the naming and all that. I didn't think about it as coaching. I thought about it as service. Um, and honestly, one of my very first services was let me help you take all the business cards that you've collected on your desk, um, from networking or whatnot. And we were still in person network at the time, um, and do something with them. And it just seemed so basic. That wasn't coaching. That was just a, a tool, a, a service. Um, and as I started working with, with a handful of my, my local business people around that, I started recognizing what people needed. And that's where I started seeing that I had an expertise that where I had taken for granted, others didn't have that. Um, and so it was, it was kind of a transition. And even now I'm transitioning into kind of a more of a consultation um, space, which has been kind of fun. So that tells me that you have, um, you're just more than the one trick pony, because if, if you're that, you're not only coaching, but you're consulting, which is another level. Uh, which is a really great level. I find myself uh, in that space at times. So now that you are, you're in there and you're finding out there's more areas for you to serve, have you discovered that there's a certain section of people, a, a certain um, area? Is it women? Is it men? Is it professionals? Is it CEOs? Who is like your best customer that you've found thus far? Yeah. So it's kind of a, a psychographic um, less than an industry, less than a, a specific. So generally speaking, um, it's service-based business owners who got into it because they, again, they care deeply for the people they're serving. They're, they have an expertise that they're really good at. Um, and they usually would bring me on because sales feels weird, honestly. Um, it's not their strength. It's not why they got into business. They want to do this thing that they're really good at and they care desperately about. Um, they desire to make an impact. And um, and they're just like, this. why why, why is sales have to be so hard? And it's great going in and being like, it doesn't have to be. Um, you were just told a bunch of techniques that weren't in alignment with your values. That's a really interesting point because there, for people like that, um, the previous industry that I was in, uh, business used to come to me and I never had to go out and sell. And, that, and, and then when I, when I changed, it's like, whoa, this is dangerous. <laughs> I got I to learn how to sell. This is really bad. So I, I immersed myself in coaching and the sales world to find out what this is all about. Uh, the reason I asked you about um, the follow-up boss and taking on the mantle of that is someone poked fun at me or, or you know, a while back because I call myself the master storyteller, you know? <laughs> and, and the reason I did that, it was all tongue in cheek because um, when I was an electrician, most of my career, I was an electrical contractor actually. And um, when you come up as an electrician, you aspire, like especially if you're in the union, which I wasn't, you aspire to be a master electrician. So I thought if I took that on, that someday, maybe 
I would become a master storyteller because I'm wearing the mantle. <laughs> so there's a lot of pressure there. So I would tell people I did it in jest and it just kind of stuck around, you know. So hopefully one day I'll get to that. Um, so now I want to ask you further about, I want to dig a little deeper into the idea that you're helping people, like you're helping CEOs, you're helping people in business, you're helping people who are trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we get to sales? So what do you say to them? How do you get them to understand the sales process, you know, without going like into every little nook and cranny about it, but is there a general sense of there's something that they're missing, like big time, mm -hmm. that they just don't get? What could that be? Yeah. Well, the thing that I oftentimes say to them is, do you feel like your sales process is either not in alignment with your values and or oftentimes it's and not getting the results you want? That's the practical side of it. Um, what I'm able to do, though, is I come with an outside set of eyes, you know, business, the business owner and their team are entrenched in the day to day stuff of their business and what they can't see is the experience they're creating for all of the people that they're trying to work with that are outside of their their space. Um, a great example of this is um, you know people in tech. There's so much jargon that goes on in the in the tech world, and they're trying to serve people who are not as familiar with that tech. So they might be using jargon, they might be using marketing, they might be using um, a process, thinking that their their leads their prospects the the people they're interacting with their audience understands what they're saying and they're not and then the business is saying why are my sales stalling why why aren't more people interested in my business or why are people saying they love what i do but they aren't buying um there's usually some area or multiple areas in that sales you know that sales process that just break down and they can't analyze it because they're they're too lost. It's forest with the trees kind of concept. So um, go ahead. You, I can see you have a question. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to know if you do you do like um, when you're in a company situation, is it usually taking on uh, some of upper management? Is it a group? Like where do you find most of your time spent in in helping these situations out? Yeah. So initially, it's working with. Um, you know, the business owner in particular or the, the leadership team, because I need to know what the big picture is first. But then I can drill down into the specific teams, the sales team, the marketing team, um, the customer experience, ex, you know, re retention teams, whatever they might call it, because um, I'm looking at the entire journey. Right. And um, I need to know what the big picture is. But I also need to know what is the minutiae that is happening. And again, it's it's really from the perspective of what is the outside co perspective customer experiencing in that? Is it cohesive or do they get lost and then just disappear off of the awareness of the team? Yeah, I think uh, that getting lost thing is probably uh, I don't get it. So I'll just pick up the next distraction, which is where's the next fire? I'll just go and put that out. And, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> um Tell me about the f most favorite part of your process in this process of, of helping people, getting them through their difficulties. What's the most exciting, rewarding, fun part of this for you? I would definitely say the most rewarding part is when 
we start working through this, we start finding some ways to implement some, some better processes and the business owner takes, there's a moment when those things start to click that the business owner gets to take a sigh of relief because it's being handled. It's being handled well. It's representing them as a business better. Um, and it's getting better results. Like overall that just creates such a more positive environment for them and their team. And there's just this moment when it all starts to click and everyone just goes, and goes it's working. <laughs> right. So, so that feels like you're hitting a home run when that happens. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So tell me about um, your favorite thing to do outside of business. Now you've got five kids, so you, this is going to be really tough to come up with, uh, or maybe it's easy for to come up with. But what's your favorite thing to just stress relieve, get away from the work a little bit, and just recharge the batteries? Oh yeah, it's actually pretty easy for me. Um, so in my own time, I am an amateur herbalist, and wow. so I love the outdoors. Um, and my family sometimes gets a little frustrated with how slow I, we love to go on hikes. We love to go out into nature and I will stop every five feet and be like, Oh, look at this plant. Oh, look at this plant. <laughs> What's this one called? <laughs> well, you are the, the very first amateur herbalist I've ever met uh, on this show and in life in general. This is, this is amazing. So, right. so what do you do for poison ivy besides run like hell? Poison ivy is actually an easy one. Um, and I learned this one very young because I was a tomboy and was always in the woods. Uh, there's a plant that grows in the forest, usually alongside poison ivy. It's called jewelweed. And every time we go hiking, if I have any inclination that we've been near poison ivy, I will crush some of it up and rub it on our skin and we don't ever get a rash. It's jewelweed. That is J-E-W-E-L? Correct. Wow, I've never heard of that. that I'm yeah. going to have to hunt that down. So that is the uh, the, the remedy for poison yeah. ivy. Yep. Wow. I used to get it as a kid so bad, so bad, because I was always in the woods. Yeah. And then uh, I, I think in my early 20s, I got a shot for it. I didn't even know they had a shot. And really, it was supposed to just fix that. It fixed me like sort of permanently. Mm, if I get I it now, it's just a couple little bumps and that's it, you know. Um, so you're a nature lover and love to be outdoors. How about your kids? You guys all wired that way? Pretty much. Um, they all they all enjoy hikes. They like them in different paces. I have one kiddo who, um, she's starting to love mushrooms and identifying mushrooms. Um, but then I have a stepson who, he's all about the adventure. So he's, he's half a mile ahead of us like, come on, we wanna to get to the end of the trail and see what we can see. <laughs> so you're in North Carolina, right? I'm in Ohio. Oh, you're in Ohio. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. But, but a lot of places to be there. A lot yes. of good places. Got a little, yeah. Um, so let's go back to business for a, for a minute here. So what are your intentions with your business? Um, do you have like a five-year plan? Do you go way out like that? Or um, what are your, your plans for like the next couple of years? Now, I know it must be somewhat tempered a bit because of uh, your growing family, but where do you see yourself going with the business uh, from where it is now to where you hopefully want to get to in the future? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, there's, it's still kind of modifying and morphing to, to figure out what that looks like. I made a pretty big shift this year. Uh, the first two years of business, I was working primarily with solopreneurs. Um, and in the last six months or so to a year, I have really been shifting more into 
the small business space in particular. And what was really interesting about that was solopreneurs, their needs were very specific. Um, as I work with more smaller businesses, I'm recognizing that their needs are kind of systemically across all business sizes. And so I work with them, what I'm creating with them will be expandable beyond that. Um, and with that shift, it's letting me look farther into the future and figure out what I want that to look like. Um, I love consulting with them and, and, and going deep with individual businesses. But at the same time, I want to be able to do more public speaking um, to speak, to talk to a wider audience and really help them, the, this wider audience understand you can do sales in a way that feels authentic and a small to medium sized business, their superpower is their human to human interaction. It's not in finding the next fancy, shiny software that's going to make everything run smoothly. That's, that's great. And that's important. But, um, for a lot of small businesses, they don't want to grow up to be Amazon. And so I'm like, really don't disconnect yourself from your audience. Um, you know, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to see a lot more of what you just described. And it's, it's almost a relief. And it's very refreshing to see that people are gravitating back to the human effect in a big way and and not that the you know shiny metal object syndrome is going to go away but i think it's definitely been mitigated um you coming out of the pandemic and also people finding that they can go out and see feel reach touch each other in in a way um, emotionally and and business wise that ha had been so taken away from us for such a long time yeah. And I think everybody's feeling rewarded by it. So I'm, I'm really optimistic about our future to see more and more of that, you know, getting back to the human condition and less robotics and, you know, everything has got to be an app and everything has got to be, you know, software. And uh, it gets a bit exhausting when you're in front of the computer for like six or seven hours. And it's, it's kind of driving me a little bit crazy. So <laughs> thank you for, uh, for touching on that. Um, Last bit of wisdom, what would you say, Bethany, to somebody, some business out there that is on the fence, they know they've got problems, they've heard some of the examples that you have uh, shared with us today about how you run your business, what would you say to them if they're on the fence and what could you say to get them to come over the line and take a shot and reach out to you and say, hey, Bethany, follow up boss, help! <laughs> yes. Well, one thing I love, one of my favorite things to tell business owners in particular is when you are really strategic with building these relationships, with being focused on this journey, you're actually able to um, stabilize or even reduce potentially your marketing expense and or your lead generation um, needs. Because so often businesses who have been in business for two to five years, they already have um, the majority of the connections, the majority of the leads that they need to be a sustained business. That is so huge. Um, and so related to that, I, um, I actually have started offering what I call a, a micro sales process assessment, um, which is basically an opportunity for people to um, 
have an have a chance to ch- chat with me about their business. We just focus in on one single thing. Like, what is that top thing that you feel the pain for? Let me take a look at it. See if I can give you a little tweak that will help you see a little bit of momentum um, and show that my expertise is there, but also help you see the benefit of what I'm talking about. That's awesome strategy. Best place for people to connect to Bethany George. Um, I'm always going to direct them to my website, thefollowupboss.com. Um, and on there, I have links for to find me on LinkedIn, to find me on YouTube, um, and other social media platforms as well. I really do love it when people find me, uh, like connect with me as a, as a person and say, hey, it's great to meet you. I, I really want to see the people behind um, the, the ones listening, right? Yeah. Awesome. We will put all of that, of course, all your links in the show notes. Bethany, George, thank you so much for being part of Podcasting Your Global Career. Really enjoyed hanging with you today and uh, having our little chat. So I want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your family, those five little ones, and uh, also your business moving forward. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, if you guys like what's going on here, please leave a great review in the Apple Podcasts. I've left a simple review process in the show notes and we'd really appreciate it. And also, don't be shy. Forward this to your best friend because you know they need it. Hey, if you need some coaching, hit up the link in the show notes. It's calendly.com forward slash dharmic. And you can take a little chance with me and I'll get you on your way. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on, baby, baby, you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on, we can unlock each other's destiny Pictures in your mind I 
Mystery. 